0: In many circles, women are told we can have it all. The career, the family, status, and wealth, all elements of the American dream. Yet for decades, the woman has had to make do, sacrifice, raise children, fight for a career, and be the change of equality in many spaces, especially media. Whether women wrote about the change, broadcast about the possible change, or challenged the institutions in the way of process, women have been at the forefront of civil rights, equality in pay, and all the while representing well in these spaces. For women who have and are changing women's rights for the better. A television anchor, a sports reporter turned morning anchor, a Chicago-based civil rights journalist, and a current social justice icon who is using the power of her voice and pen to make changes. Welcome to a special edition of Interludes. March is Women's History Month, and we are starting the series, Telling Her Story, a then and now of media maverins in print and electronic media. I'm Val, the voice Johnson, and this is interludes. Interludes, a pure lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by your The one-stop shop to teach the next generation of wealth one day and one dollar at a time and now all the way live from the south side of chicago give it up for your host val the voice johnson Of inequality, sexism, and pay discrimination, retired news anchor and trailblazer Carol Simpson allowed her voice to be heard. While undergoing a cancer diagnosis and allowing the world to witness her treatment and recovery, Good Morning America's anchor Robin Roberts allowed her voice to be heard. As she faced riots and threats against her own life, and continued to publish one of the first new journals in the early 19th century, Ida B. Wells allowed her voice to be heard. And of course, the 1619 Project became her mantra cry. As she continued to investigate, teach, and educate on social injustice, journalist and Pulitzer Prize winner, Nicole Hannah-Jones, is being heard. And ABC News Brief. Now from New York, Carol Simpson. Good evening. Resiliency, tenacity, and persistence. These are just a few words to describe Chicago native and news journalism icon Carol Estelle Simpson. She became the first in many areas of news reporting television. I remember seeing her on our local CBS News here in Chicago before she went national in the mid-80s to the ABC network. It gave me hope as a future journalist myself to witness Carol's rise to becoming a weekend anchor for ABC News. Whether people realize it or not, it's important for young women to see themselves in roles like a news reporter, an anchor, or someone who questions future leaders of our country to believe in their dreams. Simpson was also the first African-American woman to conduct a presidential election debate on the ABC networks. Unfortunately, as some of my research has come back, I found how much racism, more importantly sexism, Simpson faced despite her resilience. I watched a recent clip where she was being interviewed by ABC News' Lindsay Davis, where she spoke about how she attended a work event, and one of the executives made a comment about her putting on an apron and serving them. Simpson always wanted to be viewed first as a capable reporter, not just a black woman reporter. Simpson now runs her own blog called Wise Old Woman, or WOW. Simpson believes that as you age, society does not listen to what you have to say. And as a journalist, she stated it's imperative for journalists to stay impartial. But now that she's retired, Simpson says on her blog, I have something to say. I know I'm listening and many women of color are thankful to the trailblazing efforts that Simpson made in television news. This is what Simpson wants her legacy to be. I want my legacy to be that she made a difference. Before Simpson, there were no women of color as TV anchors. Women were represented with Barbara Walters early rise in the 1960s as a news anchor and reporter, yet it was Simpson who blazed a trail for all future news reporters on the national scale, TV political commentators and women news anchors. And once given the opportunity to serve as an anchor on the national stage, isn't it wonderful when the platform is used to bring awareness to rare forms of illness, Such an example is found in Good Morning America's Robin Roberts. Hi, it's Robin, and I have been waiting 174 days to say this. Good morning, America. News anchor Robin Roberts, a native of the Mississippi Gulf Coast, beat breast cancer in 2007. Unfortunately, five years later, Roberts developed a rare blood disorder called myelodysplastic syndrome, or MDS, in which she needed a bone marrow transplant. Her big sister Sally Ann became her perfect match donor. And for the next 170 days in 2012, Roberts had to undergo treatment, heal in isolation, and all the while grieving the loss of her beloved mother. Roberts publicly shared and tracked her progress through the bone marrow treatment process. Her humble beginnings as a top rated NCAA basketball player at Southeastern Louisiana University, then later translated into becoming a sports reporter and anchor with ESPN. Roberts blazed a trail for women's sports commentators. And for 15 years, she was one of the few women of color field reporting and then anchoring ESPN's sports center in 2012 robbins was inducted into the women's basketball hall of fame despite the setbacks mds caused in robert's life good morning america became a top-rated morning show also roberts created her non-for-profit organization be the match to raise awareness about the need for more people especially african americans to test and become potential bone marrow donors effortlessly She used her national platform to bring awareness to MDS. Kudos to you, Robin. Before the bright lights of broadcast journalism, there was a civil rights activist and journalist, Ida B. Wells. She is one of the most fascinating figures in women's history who, despite being a journalist, has a story that remains underreported. Listen in as Wells' great-granddaughter, Michelle Duster, describes what most people, especially here in Chicago, have known about Ida B. Wells. I am a native Chicagoan, and there was an Ida B. Wells home on the south side of Chicago. Most people had heard the name, but it got to a point where it was just a disconnect between who Ida B. Wells as a woman was and the work that she did and what people associated with her name. In February of 2019, Ida B. Wells Drive became Chicago's first street named for an African-American woman. Name another American lady honored by both a recent Pulitzer Prize and a Mattel with her own signature Barbie doll. Well, there's only Wells. Not to mention that when it came to gun control, at times, Ida believed it was best to have one in each hand. You might too, if you spent half your life being targeted by the Ku Klux Klan and other angry racist mobs. Born in 1862 in Holly Springs, Mississippi, Ida entered a world in which slavery was still the law. The daughter of James and Lizzie, Ida was born into a family that was used to taking a stand. Both parents were active in the reconstruction efforts after the union won the civil war. Sadly, they would only be in Ida's life for a brief moment. According to the National Park Service, which keeps some of her material, Ida's parents died of yellow fever when she was only 16. As a result, Ida grew up quickly becoming sister and mother to her five surviving siblings. Highly intelligent beyond her years, Ida convinced local officials that she was 18 and was hired as a schoolteacher. Eventually, she moved to Memphis to take a better paying teacher job. In some respect, Ida remained an educator for the majority of her life, taking on responsibility as a journalist and later a newspaper publisher and detailing the brutal legacy of lynching black men throughout the Southern United States. It was in Memphis that Ida B. began writing according to the Ida B. Wells Foundation online website. She started out with her church newspaper highlighting inequality in area schools. But nothing motivated Ida more than the violence visited on three of her friends in 1892. Three black businessmen that Ida knew opened a grocery store in the city which indirectly was viewed as competition to the local white-owned store. The men were falsely accused of a crime, captured, and lynched. Rather than surrender to sorrow, this injustice led Ida to research the incident and to write. Lynching, Ida identified, was a systematic form of violence meant to silence and shiver expressions of black excellence. When Wells openly challenged the narrative of her friend's murder and document lynchings unreported by mainstream or white newspapers, her printing press was burned by an angry mob, which physically chased her out of the city. An invitation by Frederick Douglass to come to the World's Fair in Chicago brought Wells north of Memphis. In Chicago, her second city, she continued to write and publish articles backed by then the finances of her new husband, who supported her mission to educate and organize the public. Her husband, Fernand Lee Barnett, was an attorney and the editor and founder of Chicago's first black newspaper, the Chicago Conservator. In Chicago, Wells established the first black kindergarten and helped elect the city's first black alderman. Just as Ida B. Wells is a story of a determined woman who sought the right The inaccurate narrative of history tainted by the whitewash of white supremacy, contemporary journalist Nicole Hannah Jones continues that tradition that believes sunshine is the best disinfectant. My life, my life, my life, my life in the sunshine. Jones' work, as at the New York Times, questioned whether we were starting the story of American history and thus the story of our democracy, our democracy in the right year. Rather than regurgitating the rah-rah of 1776 sought to start her story when her people were brought to what would eventually become Jamestown, Virginia as a part of the Americas. Beginning the story at 1619, the arrival of enslaved Africans makes sure black people's history here is respected as american history it brings a new perspective on the contradictions of the year 1776 and in her 2020 commentary which won a Pulitzer prize jones wrote our democracy's founding ideals were false when they were written black americans have fought to make them true upon winning that prize The committee wrote that Jones distinguished herself by writing a sweeping, provocative and personal essay for the groundbreaking 1619 Project, which seeks to place the enslavement of Africans at the center of America's story, prompting public conversation about the nation's founding and evolution. Last month, Jones received an NAACP social justice award, seemingly for her work over the past two years. Here's what she had to say. I'm being recognized for the 1619 Project. And as I receive this award tonight, our history is being attacked in state after state. As of now, some 36 states have passed or are considering bills to make it harder to teach about racism and inequality. Politicians are using the power of the state to whitewash an already whitewashed history. Writing this wrong, opening the doors for herself, and others to come through and making sure history reflects her story has been the work of Jones, of Wells, and Roberts and Simpson. Her story must be seen and heard and read because her story is our story. Happy Women's History Month. I'm Val The Voice Johnson and this has been a special edition of Interludes. Have you seen it? It's the weekly chat with EP Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson. Interludes Extra presents Talk on Tuesdays. Join us and other special guests as we break down the latest topics surrounding music and movies and sports every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Eastern, live in the chat on our Interludes YouTube channel. Interludes, original concept by Valerie Johnson, written by Michael Womble, produced by Michael Womble and Valerie Johnson, original intro and outro music produced by Kendall Nesbitt. Interludes, a pure Lighthouse production. This episode is brought to you by YourGalShall.com, the one-stop shop to teach our generation and the next generation of wealth one day and one dollar at a time. To purchase the children's book, Money is Good, Kelsey 100, or learn about the three-step journey to saving, please visit the website, yourgalshall.com. To subscribe to our YouTube channel or join our Interludes Facebook group, visit the website, linktr.ee forward slash Pure Light Media.